0: Designer, My name is Jake Van es, and I'm here with my co-host, Carl from Holy Carp Design. How are you doing, Carl? I'm doing great.
1: It's been an awesome week. How about you?
0: Good, good. Um, just finished up a uh, magazine project for a client, Mama Toka. Um, it's something I've been doing for a couple of years, and we just put out our 11th issue, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, that went live a couple days ago. And it's a digital publication, so it's a little bit different. Um, we used to do it in print, and now we do it only digital, which is an interesting little thing that I have to deal with. But uh, what projects you got going on? Sounds like you've been really busy.
1: Yeah, um, I'm working on some signage, uh, which I just got approved from the Board, Zoning Board of Appeals within the town of my client. That was a nice trial and error thing. Okay? Um a website for a painter, which I've been working on content with. I've been working on search engine optimization for another client. And then I've got brochures, cards, and a few logos I'm working on. So
0: awesome. quite a book of business. Good, good. That's awesome. So you actually had a topic that you wanted to start us off with today. Well, what is that topic?
1: I, I've been thinking on, since I work full-time and I also work for myself, there are points where you sometimes have to question the projects you're working on between both because it may result in a conflict. Um, and it, these are some things you got to consider when you're trying to do freelance alongside the full-time gig. Now, I had some things like this happen in the past, and I just thought maybe we could talk this through and maybe help people that are trying to run a business and work full-time you know, doing the same type of work.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good idea because I, I know that's one of the things that you do run into as you're trying to transition. Um, I mean, me personally, I, I came from working at print shops. I worked at several different ones as I was coming up, and when I was still there, I was doing some side projects for clients, kind of doing a freelance thing on the side, and The thing that was interesting is that I I don't know that I was ever approached by clients that I dealt with while I was at the print shops, but rather it actually gave me an avenue to take what I was doing with my clients, so freelance clients, and kind of use my printer as a way to get their business cards printed, their stationery, things like that. So I didn't really run into it as a sense of a client approaching me almost going like around the business that I was working for. But I can understand that there would definitely be some concerns with that. And I'm going to be completely honest. I think that you do have to think about yourself first. Ultimately,
1: yes,
0: it is important to be loyal to your, to your business that you work for as long as they're treating you well. But I think it's important to kind of have those ethics. So why don't you talk about, what you think those ethics should be and how somebody should handle something. If say a client comes to them and says, Hey, you know, I really like the work you did for so-and-so company that you work for. Would you be interested in doing some work for me directly? Like what are your thoughts on that ethically and, and how would you handle that?
1: So I was trying to map out a simple little flow chart that says, you know, let's, let's talk about potential conflicts. Now you know. Branching off this, you have a couple of th- options. When someone approaches you with "Hey, let's do a side gig," um, there are some questions you should ask for yourself before proceeding. First off, don't shut it down right away. It it could be work that's completely different. But if the work mirrors the current work you're already doing, whether you're subcontracted by someone or you're working in a space where, say, you were working with the sign shop and they wanted you just to do the signage design and get it produced elsewhere that's a direct conflict of who you're working with if you uh, take on that work you are going to violate your relationship with your uh with your own person that that's employing you for, to do that and you're also breaking the trust with the client because if you're going to go off and do that work without you know just hitting the pause button to kind of explore your You're showing that you're kind of a little shady in the business practice, I guess. Does that sound right?
0: Yeah. And I think something else to think about too is if your client is coming to you or your potential client is coming to you and going around
1: that other business, what does that really say about their ethics as well? I mean, well, (laughs) one of the things that came up in this conversation, I was bouncing the idea off a few people, is like, I asked them. Would this be a conflict? And they said, "Well, what do you charge?" And that that never even occurred to me. The person that I that pays me to do the task might be paying, charging the client double what I charge in my freelance business. So you're undercutting them.
0: Yeah, and I think that's yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like your your client coming to you and saying, "Hey, would you be interested in doing this side project?" Almost always. Uh, I I could say almost, almost but always, but a lot of the time it is about that. It's about how can I get the same work for cheaper if they're working for somebody and I'm using them as my design house or my web development company or whatever, or my regular, like marketing company, you could say, okay, say they're charging $200 an hour at the marketing company and you turn around and say, okay, I'm going to charge $150 an hour. Well, they're not stupid. The client's going to look at you and go, okay, you're doing the work either way. Why don't I pay you directly? And yeah, there's an ethical issue there. Um,
1: Go ahead. Yeah. The other thing is don't say no right away because this could become your next step in your career. Maybe instead of just contracting you out, they'll actually say, you know, come work for me. And Ultimately, when you're working for other people, you gotta be your own mercenary. You gotta take care of yourself and consider all options. Now, the next step in those potential conflicts is instead of just not doing it, you can explore it. You can find out where you're gonna help. Um, just you gotta do good inquiry to find out what their actual needs are, and you gotta set boundaries with them if you think that it's gonna overlap with the work you're already doing. Then you can say, I can do this, but I can't do that. And then um, I would say, go for the work if the work is totally different than what you're doing already. Perhaps, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like if they're, if, if you make a commercial video for them and they want you to do graphics for the website instead, and your company doesn't, the other company doesn't already do that, well, go and do that work. It's good experience. It's good money. And you already have a working relationship with that client. They want to work with you for a reason. It's not just the money. It's because you understand them and you speak the same language as them.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it also comes down to where are you in your career? What Are, are you transitioning? Are you at the, the point where your foot is, or, or I'd say you have one foot left in the door, you're almost 90% out the door of working for that company. And Maybe this opportunity, and, and this is where some people may feel it's unethical, but I don't know. Sometimes, you, like you said, you got to think about yourself. If it's an opportunity to transition to working for yourself full time, and they're offering you a contract that would give you a solid lead, a solid income, to step out the door completely, put close that door behind you with that other company, and say, I'm going to do this on your own, I'm sorry, but that happens every day, and and whether it's ethical whether it's the right thing to do it's business and and it's competition it's businesses are always looking for a way to save money or a way to to cut corners unfortunately but it also you're right it could come down to too that it's about talent it's about the fact that they see what you do at the agency and say okay we want that talent because we know you're doing that work to come work with us as a contractor on your own now they're not going to say that to you but this is the way you need to think about it is oh I could actually make that tr- transition this could be my first big client am I ready to make that leap and am I ready to close the door behind me now I'm a firm believer in not burning bridges you might if this happens they the past employer might get really upset with you and say we're never going to talk to you again but you know what? You want to be in business for yourself. You got to be that competitive in a lot of ways. You got to be cutthroat and you got to be willing to maybe step aside from that relationship and say, this is what I need. This is what I want to be able to grow my business. So maybe I do need to blur that line a little bit. Now that's different than working for somebody and doing the work on the side and not really talking to the employer about that and saying, well, I want the security of working for the employer because it's an hourly job, I've got insurance, I've got a constant paycheck. Oh, but I want to dabble over here. And yeah, it's one of their customers, but they don't need to know that. That's a little different. I I think that's, to me, that violates the ethics of business. It violates the ethics of being a decent person. But if you're making that transition into your own business, sometimes you got to be cutthroat and sometimes you got to be a little nasty and say, This is about me. This is about what I want and be a little selfish about it. So I think there is that thing you have to think about.
1: Right. And ultimately, even under that exploring branch, you don't want to waste an opportunity to refer business out to. If there is work that um, maybe you're uncomfortable doing because the line's a little too blurred, Well, you probably know designers of equal caliber. And we've talked about this. You know, if I wasn't comfortable with it, I could give it to you if it was, you know, an electronic publication design, because I know you have that skill level. Maybe I'm there just to advise on the client relationship, but ultimately I'm not going to benefit financially. But I know that someone who I I work with will. So you got to explore those options too. Referring business out is not a conflict. I would say right and i
0: agree now i think it's important to go back if you do find that it is a parallel situation and it's i guess the easiest way to say it is okay you're you're a web developer in a web design company and they come to you and say we want you to do our website i think it's important to go to that potential client and say to them hey you know i work for this company i'm happy here i'm I like that I'm loyal to this company and ethically, I'm not comfortable with you asking me to do this when I've done the work through so-and-so company for you. I really wish you'd reconsider and consider to keep using the company that I work with. I enjoy working with your company. I enjoy doing the work, but ethically and morally, this is the right thing to do. You may find that that company will laugh at you and walk away and say, you know what, we're going to find somebody else. Or you may find that that company or the owner or the person that you're in contact with will say, you know what, we really appreciate that. And when you're ready to go out on your own, reach out to us. Like, let us know when you decide to do that. If you never do, then that's fine. But they will respect you. Now, business is cutthroat. Like I said, they may laugh at you and go somewhere else and find somebody that's willing to, cross that line or really blur that line. But I think it's important to really stick to what you feel is good and what makes you get up in the morning and say, I did the right thing. But don't be afraid to make that leap and say, I want this customer. I know what the kind of work that is. That's competition. You and I both know as freelancers, as a full-time designer, we have competition out there. I've lost customers to other designers. Do I know why? Most of the time, it's price. Most of the time, it's this is what I charge. Some new person comes in. Not going to say their skill level is less than mine. It may be equal to mine. It may be better than mine. But instead of $150 an hour, they're willing to charge $100 an hour. Well, business is business. And that's, do I really want that customer anyway? No, I don't. So that, that's those are the kind of things you have to think about. And those are the kind of things that are going to come up As you work places, I have a really good story. That's kind of it's a creative field. I think somebody that's a house painter is in some ways a little bit creative. Um, One of my clients worked for somebody for quite a while, and he. We always said to him, you know, people are coming to him because they like your detail. They like the way you do things. We really think that you should go out on your own, and he. Like, a lot of people in that situation was like, oh, I'm really comfortable. It's a steady paycheck. I don't have to deal with the business end of things. I don't have to worry about, like, whether the work's there. I know it's going to be because somebody else is doing the sales. And he would hear over and over again from homeowners, from businesses, now you're going to come and do this, right? It's not going to be somebody else in the company. And he'd be like, well, I don't really make that decision. And then his boss would come to him and be like, all right, well, you got to go to this house because they won't have anybody else do it. And that kept happening over and over and over again. And he did. He got into that situation where people were starting to go around his boss and say, we really want you. We like the detail that you put into things. We like the work that you do. And he would always say, no, 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 I, I'm I'm going to do the right thing. You got to go through so-and-so painting. That's who I work for. And that's where, now you can ask for me specifically, and he may put me on the job, but I'm not going to go around him. And eventually he realized that more people were asking for him than anybody else in the company. And he made that transition. And a lot of the people he works with today have said to him, even now, they're like, how many people do you have working for you? And he's like, it's just me. And they're like, good, because we don't want anybody else doing it. <laughs> That's tough. That's really tough for him. But you know what is interesting is his business has thrived. He, he, and he always sits back now and he says, you know, darn it, I wish I had gone on my own sooner. But you know what? He, he did the transition when he was ready. He, he did it when he knew he was ready to do it. And that might have been a couple years later than maybe he should have. But nobody makes that decision but you. But it was really interesting for him to realize that those clients were really pulling for him and almost pulled him out of that position and pulled him out of that business because he did good work. And that's the other thing. Always remember, when you work for somebody else, yes, you're doing the work for somebody else. You're doing it to make them money. But people are going to find out who you are, and they're going to start realizing that it's really your work that the head of the company is just a figurehead. Now, they may do some work as well, but they're a figurehead, and who really does the work? A lot of times, that's how you end up going out on your own, so I I like that story because it's a good friend of mine. He's basically my, my longest client. It was the client that I first, I did my first logo for, and Now he's on his own, and it was a really interesting thing to see happen to him, and it fits right along this same thing of parallel work and whether you can cross that line and whether it's ethically okay to do that. It's a tough position to be in, but I think it's important to remember that ultimately it's about you. It's about your business, about your future, and your career. If you want to transition into a full-time designer on your own or to or to build your own design firm or your own web development firm, you got to make that decision. And sometimes you do have to cross that line. It's whether you cross that line and do it in a way that is backstabbing or whether you do it in a way that is professional, business-oriented, and say, okay, I'm going to make that transition to start my own business. I, I mean, I could tell you hundreds of stories. I mean, it happens all the time. And owners get mad. They're going to get frustrated with that, but I'm sorry. You're the owner. No one works as hard as you. No one gets, hopefully, gets paid as much as you do to own that business. You have employees. Those employees are not going to have the loyalty. They're not going to have the work ethic as you do as the owner. It just, they may be really close, and they may show a loyalty that's awesome, but ultimately... Everybody thinks about themselves when it comes to business. And that's fine. That's being selfish. There's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't, as long as you're not hurting somebody else in that being selfish. So I think that that's how I feel about that situation. It's kind of gray. It really is. And I think that's what makes it difficult. It's, it's really tough to deal with that.
1: I have two thoughts popped in my mind as you were talking about that. One was, why was his boss not selling that your friend as a service if he was that good he could have been sold as a service an appointment type of service that kind of thing
0: yeah and i agree with you and i think a lot of that comes down to jealousy concern um because as a business owner and, and i can even say this as i work for myself i've got my own business and i do 99 percent of the work is i hate letting go of things But I could see that, too, where if I were to hire a designer to come in and work with me, my number one concern is, are they going to steal my clients? Are they going to do the work and the client's going to want them instead of my business? So I could see where that head of that painting firm was like, if I sell him as a service, if I sell him as the number one guy that paints for me, What's to stop him from from breaking that ethic line, crossing that line, and saying, well, you're selling me as the one to do your business, so you know what? I'm going to do this for myself. I don't need you. And that's kind of where it ended up, is that he realized that. So it's tough for an owner to say, unless you've got a really strong relationship with an employee where you know they're not going to go somewhere else and you're paying them enough that they're happy and they're secure. Because there are people. There are people that do not want to start their own business, that do not want to deal with the fun stuff that I deal with on the business side. That's fine. They like working for somebody else. You take care of them. They will be loyal and you can sell it that way. But it's a really tough thing for an owner to do because of that. Because you sell it that way, you're basically selling them out the door. Because now they can go do it on their own.
1: You are, but th- there is this meme that's out there online It's kind of an inspirational thing. I think it's the guy that runs Virgin Atlantic where he says, um, train someone so they can go out and do some some the work for themselves or for someone else, but keep them happy so they want to stay. Something along those lines.
0: Right, and I think that's because there's a reason why there's not trillions and trillions of businesses there's a reason why every designer isn't running their own design firm some people don't want to deal with health insurance don't want to deal with taxes don't want to deal with <laughs> you yes <know> I don't. <laughs> don't want to deal with hr don't want to deal with all of the things that go with running your own business and so they stay with who they're with because they're secure they're happy and you're right. Train them so they're really damn good, but keep them happy so they stay. And that, that is a really good point. That's yeah. a tough, tough thing to do. It really is.
1: Yeah. And my second thought when you were telling the story was, as a rookie, as a freelancer, what do you think the career path is typically? Do freelancers typically have to work for someone else first? to get thirsty, to, to reap the benefits of their work. I know in my path, I've worked for people all along. My freelance is exponentially grown. And I know you started working for someone else too, but do we know um, freelance designers that out of the gate, they're doing well working for themselves? I only know one. Hey, that
0: hey, last, yeah, I'm trying to say, I think there aren't a lot because there is an investment with it. And what, whether the investment is monetary where you've got to have several months of stuff put away, money put away so that you can go out there and find clients because we all know clients don't fall out of the trees or grow on trees.
1: you got to shake uh, harder.
0: Yeah, and so you have to, sorry, fall out of the sky, not fall out of a tree. Um, you, you have to go out there and find those clients. So a lot of times I think what people do is they, they get a job in a field that they want to be in because that's the easier path to do. Um, again, going back to, to Gary Vanderchuk, he said something about being an entrepreneur that you it's in your DNA. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you're not satisfied working for somebody else. And I think that doesn't mean you, you won't but that means that you're always restless and you're always like, ah, I got to do this on my own. I got to do something on my own. I, I have another idea. I think freelance designers can be that way too. And I think you and I are very similar in that way that, yeah, we really want, or I wanted to be on my own, but to be completely frank, I was scared. It's not an easy transition to make, yeah. but the more I worked for somebody else, the more I realized that I didn't want to do that. Now, According to Gary Vanderchuk, he doesn't feel that that's a true entrepreneur. That's somebody who has entrepreneur tendencies. But somebody who is, wants to be an entrepreneur from the start says, I want to start a business. I have this idea. So I think freelancers or, or graphic designers, web designers, designers coming out of school or deciding to do it on their own can do that. But I think, I'll be honest with you, I think it's easier to go work for somebody else and then eventually transition into your own business because you can actually st- establish a base. So you work for somebody else and you get a few clients and that grows and you're in a perfect situation. I mean, you you are the epitome of that. You work for somebody else and you have your freelance business and you're seeing that grow and eventually you can look at that and say, "Am I? do I just want to continue to do this the way I'm doing it or do I want to transition into this full-time and become a full-time designer on my own I think that's the easier path to take doesn't make it any less of a struggle as far as decisions and money and losing clients but it's it's a little bit easier than basically coming out of school or or making the leap and basically jumping in the water and saying, the hell with it, I'm going to try this and see what happens and falling in your face or not falling in your face and being successful. I kind of feel like I did a little of both. I I worked for somebody else, had the stuff on the side that was starting to grow, and then somebody kicked me out the door. And I fell flat on my face and said, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing this. And when that happened... It put me in a bind where it was like, you have to do this now. Do I think that's a good situation too? Oh, absolutely. I think when you're forced to figure something out, you'll figure it out no matter what. Now you might fall on your face, might hurt, might lose you might some
1: be money. A yeah, yeah. Oh. You
0: you might you might do something for a while. You, you don't want like you may go out on your own. Everything may disappear, and you may sit there one night and go. I, I can't do this right now. But don't give up. Go and get a part-time job and, and transition back into that, okay, I, I need to build a client base back up or I need, I need to get some money set aside so I can make that leap again. So, yeah, I think it's there are not very many out there that, boom, they're a freelancer, boom, they're, they're a full-time designer with a firm. They, they transition into that. That doesn't mean it can't happen. So I think the ethics and the things that we're talking about with conflict come from the I'm working for somebody else, and then it kind of transitions into a freelance career and a full-time designer. That's where that conflict comes from. If you take that leap and jump out there and say, I'm here, and somebody comes to you, that's a little different. But what background do you have? What Your portfolio might be strong, but what network connections do you have? What... What things like that help you grow your business? And that may be a, a topic for another show is why is it important to work for somebody else? I think that's where you and I could definitely talk about that. What what did our experience in that situation teach us for running our own business? So that, that's something we can definitely transition to. Yeah,
1: that's right. Um, and yeah, there's high level. There's the education. There's the observation of how people do it wrong and then... What do you take back with you when you're actually running your own business? But, yeah, we can spend a half an hour on that sometime.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I, I think to kind of sum up what we're talking about is there when you run into a situation that you're working for somebody and you have a situation where they come to you, they kind of try to go around the business you're working for, there is a line there. There, there is an ethics that you need and a morals that you need to think about for you. There's a lot that you need to look at and you're right. Do not throw that opportunity. Don't shut it down automatically because one, you may not even know that the work's the same just because they come to you and say, hey, you know, we're interested in working with you. you don't throw your hands up and air. oh my God, they, they work with the company I work with and run away that, that you don't even know what they're going to talk to you about. But if they come to you and they say, we want you to do the same thing you're doing at the company you're at now there's some things you need to think about and you need to think about what is right for you. What is the thing that you should do? Loyalty only goes so far. And we both know loyalty from an employer to an employee and an employee to an employer is much different now than it was 30, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. So think think about that too. Ultimately, it's what is going to make you happy. Where are you if you're transitioning into full-time? Where are you in that path? And what do you feel is right? That it's a very gray issue. We may get comments where people are like, "Well, absolutely, you should be loyal," and then there'll be comments where people will be like, "Absolutely not, just run with it." So, it's all about what your personal belief is and what you should do. And I and I think that's kind of the summary of what what we've talked about. Do you have anything else, Dad?
1: No, I think that's accurate, and uh, it's a good summary of everything that I was. Concerned with, I've I've run into this a couple times, so, and yeah. I've I've come through with good relationships on both ends, so,
0: and and I think that's that's what you want is you want to try to keep a good relationship with your employer if you decide to to do this work, and if you have a good relationship, there's nothing wrong with communication with your employer. They may appreciate the fact you you come to them and say, hey, you know, a business that you're working with is trying to go around you you may want to address this they may they may be very happy that you do that and may see that as loyalty on your end that could benefit you in that company but again it's all about that personal choice and what you feel is right um i think that's a really good point to end the conversation about that what interesting things do you have going on i know you uh you said you just went and saw superman versus batman
1: yeah, it was, uh, it I terrible? went last night, it was interesting, um, <laughs> it's getting panned, there's, there's a picture of, um, Ben Affleck just getting depressed when they're reading the critic reviews, it's hilarious. Yeah, I actually did see that, yeah. Um, there's too much, there's too much going on visually, like, they are now muddling the, these effects, using these effects that muddle the action. Okay. And it's, it's over-stimulus. And you saw it in Age of Ultron. You're seeing it in this one. we just got to clean things up a little bit so that we can at least see the heroes and what they're doing. I will say, um, Wonder Woman was... Uh, she's hot. She's she's <laughs> She's got this blue steel thing going on from Zoolander every time she shows up. She's got this one look that comes down from the... You know, the shield comes down and she's got the same look. And it's like objectively pissed I would call it (laughs) and determined um as an actress I wish I could tell you how she is because she didn't really have many lines same thing with Affleck um he came on screen delivered the lines was wooden and then walked away I guess you know huh but it's worth seeing just because it is a large phenomenon and if they don't hit a billion dollars in sales this this franchise is dead,
0: yeah, which that's I think the biggest concern is that if that happens it, it's gonna hurt the franchise and there is, it I haven't seen it yet, it's definitely something I'd like to see. I'm a little skeptical, um even from the previews and stuff i I agree with you the effects muddy the action there there's too much you're right too much going on, and I think they're they're taking the idea of action heroes that they kind of need to focus on the hero's part again and forget about the action part. And I think that's part of why I like some of the Marvel series that I watch, like Arrow, Flash, um there's is Supergirl Marvel? Or no, those aren't are those D C or Marvel? They're D C aren't they?
1: Supergirl is uh D C.
0: Okay. So yeah, so Flash
1: sorry. Flash is D C Yeah,
0: so all those are D C. But yeah. I think all oh, that's right. The um Daredevil it's, is Marvel.
1: It's uh, funny. Um, the Marvel movies have been good, but the shows haven't been. The DC shows have been good, but the movies really haven't.
0: Been. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you on that. So I think that's where it's, and that's all about actors and directors and how they deal with it. So yeah, so that's interesting. I, I I'd be curious to go see it and see what I think, but I'm definitely hesitant because it's. I'm I'm into superheroes, but not that much that. I care a lot, but I think it is interesting that they brought that story to the screen, especially after Batman has had a run of what Batman is in several different ways and then Superman has had a run in several different ways of how Superman is to bring that clash together was kind of an interesting move. So, yeah, that that's interesting to hear that quick review of the movie. So, if just... you
1: if you haven't seen Deadpool go and see it, Absolutely, that one's a must.
0: Yes. And I think that, again, that was about the hero, not the action. The action was superb and, and amazing, but it was about the superhero. It was about what he was going through and about his story, not how he could do the things he could do. So I think that's where I think that story gets lost when you do too much action. So that's pretty cool. Um, what I wanted to share is I, I'm a photographer as well as a graphic designer. Um, I love doing photography, don't do enough of it. But Nick' collection of plugins for Lightroom and Photoshop have always been kind of a really important thing in the industry. A lot of photographers use it and have said it's great software. It helps a lot in, in different things. And Google bought them a while back and was basically keeping them in development and keeping them going. What was really cool is this week, um, the basically the the middle end of March, they announced that they are now free, that all of those plugins are now free. They used to be, I think like $150 for all the plugins. Well, now you can get them and you don't have to pay for them. So of course, a lot of photographers are pissed off because they paid for them. But a lot of people like myself that are, kind of the more amateur side of photography that do it more for fun. Didn't really want to spend $150 on the plugins. Well, now I don't have to, and now I get to play with some of them and see what they can do. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that software. Um, I think it's, if you are into photography, I think it'd be something to be fun to play with. Um, I did a podcast, uh, it's got to be a couple years ago now, with my brother called Rookie Photog. And my brother was really into to Nick collection of plugins and would tell me about them all the time. So he was kind of excited for me to be able to, to download those and use them now for free. So again, I'll put a link in the show notes about that stuff. And uh, we'll put a, a link in the show notes for some things on Superman versus Batman. And, and also that, that video Ben being depressed when I read the reviews, which was pretty funny. Uh-huh. And we got to
1: see if we can find that meme about uh, working, teaching someone so they continuously learn, but treating them well enough that they stay.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll look for that, too, and we'll put that in there. So, you have anything else?
1: No, that's all i got for this week. All right, so where can I find you online? Uh, holycarpdesign, uh, com is a good place. I'm also on uh, Facebook as HolyCraftDesign, and... Um, that's all I got
0: for now, I think. That's all okay. I'm paying attention to. Okay. All right. So you can find me at graphicprecision.com. Um, I'm still currently in, in the process of working on a new website. You can find me on Facebook at Graphic Precision. Um, you can find me personally on Twitter at Jake Van Ness and on Snapchat at Jake.vn. I'll be doing some more stuff on there. Actually, I'm going to be doing a hike, but by the time this is out, that'll probably be gone off of Snapchat um but for rookie designer you can actually find all of the podcasts back to episode 88 on rookiedesigner.com um, you can find us on iTunes at rookie designer you find us on Twitter at rookie designer and something that I'm going to be doing going forward is hopefully the day before we do the this show is to start putting out a tweet that says hey do you have any questions for us let us know and use the hashtag ask rookie designer Um. I may shorten that up eventually, but right now, that's where we're going to use. That'll give me a way to find it on Facebook and on Twitter if you have questions for us. Um, Also, don't be afraid to leave comments on Facebook or on our website if you have questions for us to answer. We'd be more than happy to do that. So remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star.